0: Welcome to One Hit Wonderful, the podcast where we're reviewing and revisiting all those amazing reality shows that unfortunately, or in some cases fortunately, only had one season. I'm your host, Frank the III.
1: And I'm Meredith Brodbeck.
0: And join us today as we delve deeper into the glorious show that was Gallery Girls. Today we're going to be doing episode two, What Goes On, which originally aired in, on August 20th, 2012.
1: Yeah. So I already episode two pulled me in more than episode one already. Episode for one sure, me too. Was a lot of like explanation and expose and a crazy amount of information. And episode two is already I'm in. I'm back. It feels great. I love this And show. I
0: find this is true of most Bravo shows, with the exception of the Housewives of Salt Lake City, because their premiere episode was amazing. But um, usually the first episode is just set up and, like, introducing the characters, and not a ton happens. But yeah. Yeah, episode two, like, I'm, I'm in now. I'm, I'm all in.
1: Yes, love it. Do you, before I get to our caddy catalog of the episode, do you have any house cleaning?
0: I, I, I have just a couple tweets, like, nothing major, and then a little bit of my house cleaning, as we discussed earlier, but off camera, or off mic, um, deals with your caddy catalog. So I will chime in when that happens.
1: Okay. Um,
0: so, let's see. Not a ton. Um, oh, something not to do with Gallery Girls, but just in general, I posted on our Twitter, um, is that Rob Stewart's son, Sh- uh, Sean, is going to be in the Hills reboot. Apparently he's dating um, Audrina. I am very excited for this because... He was on that terrible reality show with um, Tory Spelling's brother. It was him, Tory Spelling's brother, and I can't remember who else. But he's a ridiculous monster person, and he's going to make for really good TV.
1: Do we need to watch that as preparation?
0: Oh, his his show. Yeah, um, we could. I'll look it up and find it. It was only one season. It was an E show. It was pretty ridiculous. Um Heather wished us a happy Thanksgiving. So thank you very much, Heather. We wished her happy Thanksgiving back. And Taylor, Sleazy T tweeted us and said, Ah, just saw it's finally Gallery Girls time. I missed you guys since I didn't watch Mexican Dynasty. So welcome back, Taylor. We're excited to have you. Aww. Um and Chris M, Mask C1. Um, Hit us up and said, excited to start a new show. I've never seen Gallery Girls, so this should be fun. I have never seen it either, Chris, so we're on this journey together.
1: Oh, my God. Welcome. It's so good. And, and that's it for me. Okay. Is um, Sean Stewart also the one that dated Adrian Maloof?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep, it sure is.
1: <laughs> okay. So we're coming full circle there in Los Angeles. That's pretty yep. good. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this episode's caddy catalog is Carrie Lisa. And yes, that is her last name. She has two first names. (laughs) So Carrie Lisa, as we know, is from Long Island. Uh, I know- Rockville
0: Center, Long Island.
1: Whoop. um, And I know from a personal source that she went to Syracuse University and she was in the Alpha Phi sorority there. And she graduated in either 2009 or 2010. She was a few years younger um, than me and my friends in school. So uh, based on the person that I know who is in this sorority, apparently Carrie was friends with um, the lacrosse team at Syracuse and all of the girls who dated all of the lacrosse guys. Apparently she was not quite as much of a mean girl as all of her friends, but was described by the person I know as very aloof.
0: <laughs> like, I see that.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of how she is on the show, too. Like, you don't love her. You don't hate her. She's just kind of going with the flow, I guess. And so I can see that for her in college as well. Um, so interestingly enough, in this episode, we meet her boyfriend very briefly, Hernando. Um, and he has quite a background, and I found him. So let's digress to him before I get back to Carrie. Okay. So, Hernando Courtright... Uh, Went to Cornell University School of Hospitality, um, graduated in 2010. And at the time of filming, Gallery Girls was working as the director of music, programming, and digital marketing for Catch Hospitality Group. Okay. And his parents are both real estate agents. But more interestingly is that he is the grandson of the famous hotelier... Hernando Cortright, same name, um, who once owned the Beverly Hills Hotel and the Beverly Wilshire Hotel. Oh
0: wow, that's a yeah. monet.
1: Yes. Um, so his father's name is also Hernando Cortright. So that's a pretty obvious name and a pretty obvious <laughs> lineage there. Um, so now Hernando Carey's former boyfriend has his own entertainment company called Hideaway Entertainment and is the brand director for Rumor Rose wine. So, oh yeah, we have a new we have a new booze to track down. I guess.
0: I guess so. I'm assuming this has nothing to do with Rumor Willis in any way, shape, or form.
1: No, it's spelled like Rumor, not like Rumor Willis. Like gotcha, okay. Rumor, yeah. Um, but he's quite active on Instagram, or he used to be a few years ago. So you can you can scope him out if you want. Um, they are not still together. Obviously, this was a long time ago. But I found that a very interesting personal story, so it was worth digressing for. Um, so as we know, Carrie works on the show at this concierge company called 400. That is still where she works today, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the director of travel and art now. And according to the internet, or allegedly on the you know bowels of the internet, which is often where I go to find information for these things, there was a little more than concierge services going on, if you know what I'm saying. Um, and that might explain the financial things that I had wondered about in this first episode. And later this season, we see Carrie's apartment. And I don't know any 23 or 24 year old with a job who had an apartment like that by themselves.
0: Um, I am going to, um, chime in because, uh, I, uh, someone reached out to me, a, a, someone who needs to remain very anonymous, but this is a very trustworthy source who I know very well, um, reached out to me and basically said, um, allegedly, that her lifestyle company was um, also had a side hustle, which was providing arm candy for rich people. Um, and we all know that arm candy tends to be a little more than just arm candy. And that is why she was busy most nights. (laughs) She wasn't free. Um, She was uh, escorting people and arranging for other people to be escorted. Yes. Allegedly.
1: Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, And it's interesting that she still works there. And in this episode, we see her talking to her boss. And I do, I I'm sure the company does a little bit of everything, but I think it's just that. I think they do a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so also now, in addition to still working for this concierge company, which is interesting, Carrie DJs. Um and she hasn't been the most active on social media lately. Um you can see some pictures of her on Facebook and they're very, you know, influencer like all every time she travels, that's suddenly when the camera comes out and things like that. Um, But she has DJed in Ibiza, and she also DJed at Gurney's in Montauk, which is that fancy hotel there. But what was interesting is that um, someone posted, like, an online poster of this event at Gurney's, and it was advertising a DJ playing on the beach for some weekend or holiday or whatever, and then it said, like, and carried DJ Lisa by the fire pit. So she was, like, up in the bowels, like, not... (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny, but... Um, she looks good. She looks like the exact same actually. And oddly enough, she is still friends with Liz.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. Um, Liz actually posted an Instagram in the past several months of her and Carrie together in New York.
0: That's really interesting. Well, I mean, as I'm only two episodes in, I haven't seen a lot of interaction between the two of them. So it surprises me. Like, yeah. they're not even friends yet as I'm watching the show. So I'm surprised that they're still friends.
1: Yeah. Um, and another fun tidbit for all of you reality TV heads, uh, Carrie's best friend, who I believe also went to Syracuse, um, but don't quote me on that. Uh, her name is Courtney Cavanaugh, or very close friend, was the Courtney that dated Everett on Summer House.
0: Oh, and oh, Bravo is so incestuous. It's just like one giant melting pot.
1: Yeah, uh, but that's the that's the scoop with Carrie, which is pretty good. Um, and there are there's some fun stuff on Reddit about this show. If anybody you know wants to kind of follow along on these caddy catalogs with me, now
0: for those of us out there that aren't as Reddit proficient, um, because I looked for a gallery girl subreddit and couldn't find one. Are you finding this just under the Bravo subreddit, or
1: I just Google. Oh, uh, you just so, Google
0: and then it shows up on Reddit. Okay, because I was looking yeah. for an official, like, because there is a Mexican Dynasty subreddit, but, like, I I couldn't find one for Gallery Girls.
1: I'm I'm by no means a Reddit whiz. Um, I just usually Google something, and then I follow a thread and see what I can dig up in the comments, but that's about as far as I go.
0: Well, I am impressed, because after I got my little tidbit text about this, I was frantically Googling, like... Carrie Gallery Girls Escort, and nothing was coming up. But I didn't put in her last name, so maybe that's why.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and also, you know, no judgment, and who knows what she's actually done, but I was wondering, like, I had heard rumblings about it, about this show, and I was wondering which girl it was. Like, it it honestly could have been any of them to me.
0: Um, well, first of all, 100% no judgment. And it actually makes me like her 4,000 times better. And I would be an escort tomorrow if someone would pay me. Like, like I no judgment at all. Like, no. I think it's awesome. Um, but yes, uh, initially, um, I was just told one of the girls on the show might be doing this. And my first guest was actually Angela.
1: Mine too. Mine too.
0: Yeah, my um, first guest was Angela.
1: But then I thought that, like she's uh she's too thirsty
0: <laughs> yeah like
1: I feel like she would exhaust a client whereas Carrie just is like very like personable and sweet and friendly like watching her on her internships or with her boss she's very curious and excited and oh and
0: she would be a perfect date to like a function like a gala or whatever I mean she would be perfect like she's She's, perfect for this she's
1: very agreeable and very nice and Angela does not have that vibe so that's no not at all yeah that's what got me leaning that way too um but are you ready for episode two I I am ready 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 Okay. It was another busy episode. Not as busy as episode one, but the show is a lot.
0: It is a lot. Yes.
1: Um, so we- and I
0: found it for me, I mean, quick sidebar. Um, I have now twice. I did it again. I watched it last night and then I watched it again today and took notes. Like it's too much to just watch it once and take notes. There's too much going on.
1: Agreed. Um, so we opened the episode at end of century. It's presumably the day after the opening of the store gallery we need to come up with a new term or we just need to stick to calling it end of century. and I just call it EOC. I know that's what I have in my notes also. And Claudia arrives at the store at 10 AM to start cleaning the mess. And she says that it smells like a frat house and it kind of looks like one like there are splatters yeah. everywhere. It just, it looks like a house party, you know, at that age. And she looks very cute in her casual wear. We see her always wearing, like, these weird long black clothes. And in this scene, she's just wearing a striped shirt and jeans with her hair pulled back. She looked very cute. Yeah, I think she
0: always looks very cute. I, I mean, I'm, we're only two episodes in, but she is one of my favorites. Like, she's got a good work ethic. She's grounded. She's down to earth. Um, I really feel for her having to deal with these two crazy bitches. Like, I am team Claudia.
1: I think that's where she stays. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember any future drama, but I may be off. Um, and I would like to say that this episode is sponsored at least partially by Goof Off Cleaner. They have zoomed in on that bottle so many times. I know. <laughs> <laughs> However, I have something stuck to my wood floor on my first floor, and I definitely am going to add that to my Amazon cart because I'm wondering you if they'll take it right off. A
0: hundred percent should, because they're real into it.
1: It it does seem to get off some pretty disgusting stuff of that floor, so there you yeah. go. Yeah. So then Chantal arrives with her boyfriend at 12.45 p.m. Uh,
0: let's not say arrive. Let's say rolls in. Like, I was livid for Claudia. <laughs> like, fucking livid. And the worst part about it is it's not even like Chantal was super hungover and like slept no. and rolled it up. No, she did yoga. She got a French press. I what the f- And then her my two favorite quotes of hers from this were we have to figure this out because I have to leave soon. Well, you've yeah. been there for ten minutes, you stupid bitch. And then my other favorite one was I don't stress that much. Well, yeah. be- because you let everyone else do the stressing for you, which on the one hand I appreciate, but on the other, I just want to smack her for Claudia.
1: Yeah, my note about that says, oh, we know, Chantal. We know you you don't stress. (laughs) Uh, So a couple other fun takeaways about this. Um, When Spencer finds the half-eaten cupcake as they're... Chantal and him are not cleaning anything. They're more surveying and standing around. But he finds a half-eaten cupcake, and you can see the case of two-buck Chuck. Oh, I didn't see the
0: case of two-buck Chuck.
1: I mean, it's possible they went to Trader Joe's and they were just given that box from buying 12 different bottles of wine, but it was a case of two-buck Chuck, and that felt very 23, 24 to me. <laughs> and on their way out, because of course Chantal has to leave now that she's been there for 10 minutes, They now that the business is open, they start talking about their permanent schedules and who is going to work what days. They haven't discussed it previous.
0: Nope. And apparently no one's available to work ever. Like no. <laughs> Chantal's like, I can be there Tuesdays and Thursdays. I was like, what the hell? What else are you doing? Yeah, like, this is your business that you put no like that someone else is funding for you. Maybe and, be there.
1: And they have a little debate and a back and forth about Fridays and they're not sure and blah blah blah. In the world of retail, I would think Fridays and Saturdays are pretty important. Yep. I'm just Um also
0: sidebar, um that cupcake wasn't half eaten. It looking, was it
1: hit the side of the box.
0: Yeah, I was about to say I would have 100% eaten that goddamn cupcake.
1: If I was super hungover, <laughs> I would have yeah,
0: I would have eaten that cupcake. That cupcake would be gone.
1: It was still in the box. It just looked. Yeah. It was not a bite. It was it, just
0: crushed a little bit.
1: Yeah. It was pretty big too. I would have eaten it too. I know. I would have eaten it. I would have eaten
0: the <laughs> shit out of it.
1: So... Then we get a a quick clip of Maggie in her apartment making herself a Keurig coffee before her first day back at Eli's. uh, And she's nervous to go back. And then we see her, you know, doing her glam routine to go to work, which is her hair must take a while. It's a lot of hair.
0: Um, I'm sure it does take a while. Um, I like that she lives in a broke down palace. As someone (laughs) who also lives in a broke down palace, I can appreciate (laughs) it.
1: (laughs) So her apartment seems like it's in a nice area, but it is a little, um, and she lives alone, which is a big thing yeah. for that age. And I'm sure that apartment was expensive, but her apartment needs some love.
0: Also, do we, I'm assuming she comes from money because like, who's paying for her apartment? She's doing an internship.
1: Well, she said in the first episode that she was unpaid and living off a trust.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So she's rich.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so this is, the next scene is where we see Carrie having coffee with her boss, Tony Abrams. And she talks a little bit more about lifestyle management and that they quote, take care of wealthy people.
0: I got excited because they're at the Nespresso cafe and my friend Dan um, runs the Nespresso at Bloomingdale's by my work. We're very oh, good friends. So I get nice. very excited when I see this. Nesp- I don't drink coffee myself, but I get excited when I see Nespresso things.
1: I, I don't own one, but I love using one in a hotel room. Not going to (laughs) lie. Yeah. Um,
0: I can probably get you one for free. Um, We'll circle back about this later if you want one.
1: Talk to me. (laughs) If quarantine continues, like, even longer than expected, we'll talk. Okay. so this is, the scene is not that important except that I think it shows what we were already talking about, about Carrie, that she's very curious and excited and she wants to go do a good job. The boss talks about how he has no problems with her having an internship as long as she stays on top of everything she's doing. The concierge job is 24-7, Yeah. further, further evidence. <clears throat> uh, and they talk about how big Art Basel in Miami is going to be and how Carrie will I, I guess be running point on that, given her lack of art knowledge, but whatever. <laughs>
0: um, what, this, what her job kind of reminds me of a little bit, I think in reality, uh, years ago, I had a client that ran a high-end travel um, business. She was a high-end travel agent in DC. Um, and she, most of her clients were um, basketball players, like sports celebrities. And I would be doing her hair, and she would constantly be getting text messages and calls and having to make flight arrangements for people. And the people she was making the flight arrangements for, she referred to them as flying mattresses. And they were the girlfriends and side pieces of the players that she had to fly. She'd be like, oh, like, LeBron's going to be in Miami, so I have to fly this girl to Miami. And it would drive her crazy because... These girls were always like hungover and irresponsible. So she'd have to send a driver to like drag them out of bed and get them on the plane. Like it was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So I think that's probably kind of similar to Carrie's job. I would have an imagine.
1: Yeah. She almost seems it's like arm candy and rich man wrangler kind of like, yeah, you know, she goes with them to things and like, I don't, I don't know. She's almost like a arm candy babysitter. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of how I took it. Um, but her boss also says that with the internship and the concierge job, she's going to have quote, a lot of sleepless nights. (laughs)
0: Uh, She sure
1: is.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's so funny because now knowing this info or this alleged info, um, there were numerous things that came up in this episode involving Carrie that I was like, oh, and some of which we will discuss a little bit later.
1: Yes. And that's why I wanted to keep, she was my next profile anyway, but I want to keep it because it's, it fit this episode, you know? A
0: hundred percent. It fits this episode.
1: It was time. So then we go to Eli Klein gallery and... Liz is wearing drag queen makeup. Her eyeshadow is, I mean, it's out of control all the time, but in this one shot, it like knocked my socks off. It was <laughs> out of control. It was, I mean, it is smoky purple. It is white shiny. It is, she looks like Divine working the front desk.
0: It's also a lot because Maggie wears like next to no makeup.
1: Yes. So in
0: contrast, it's even more Yes. shocking.
1: Oh my God. Ooh. She looks like a painting. Like it's it's
0: crazy. Um, can we talk about like what a fucking monster person Eli is in sure. this scene? Sure. Sure. Like what? The, I, what is his problem with me? Ma- I mean, obviously, like the theory is, and it it goes throughout this whole episode that he is se- secretly or not so secretly in love with Maggie, and she might be in love with him too. Like I don't know why they wouldn't just date each other. Um, but is he such a child that he's? Because he has a crush on her, he's treating her like shit. I mean, that's like an elementary school, middle school thing to do. Like, I like a girl, so I'm going to put her, you know, punch her on the arm.
1: Well, there He's doing the adult
0: men, work equivalent of that.
1: Yeah, there are a couple men in this episode who try that route. Um, yeah. It's gross. But yes, I think that's what he's doing. I think he's also, part of it is a fucked up punishment for bailing on work. Um, you know, she was committed to doing a 30-day internship, or so we've heard. And she just took off when, you know, she got tired of the treatment, but like.
0: But do we think, uh, okay, so I have a couple, like at first that's what I thought too, but then I thought about it and she apparently has worked for him for a long time, has done a multiple of these 30 day internships. So do we think every time she quit before the end of the 30 days, like she can't stick it out for the whole 30 and she gives up? I don't Or like, that's a little weird. And then the other thing too is that, This menial task thing is not new. Like, she talks about how she had to scrub the floors and how she had to clean the carpet and how she had to do this and do that. So even before she quit, he was still making her do all this menial crap. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, why is he trying so hard to belittle her and then later, like, wants to take her out for drinks? Like, it's weird.
1: Yeah, it's very weird. And that's a good point. However, I think interns get stuck doing some really crappy tasks. When I was an intern, I definitely – I wasn't filling the dog water bowl or (laughs) folding plastic bags, but one of the most common things I would do is, like, I was a gopher. Like, I was at the post office all the time shipping things or picking things up. Like, I was almost like a foot messenger. And
0: I I, I 100% get that. But I bet you didn't have to do it while watching another intern sit next to him at a desk and not have to do shit. Like, that's the thing. Like, if Liz wasn't there, I'd be like, oh, fine, it's just an internship and this is what interns do. But Liz, and I get because of her dad, things are different for her, and kudos to Maggie for not resenting her. Like, I think it's amazing that they have a decent relationship, because if it was me, I think I'm too petty. I would have been pissed at her. But it's just, it's so, like, it's such an F you to just be like, oh, Liz is going to sit here and play on the computer, and you're going to fill whole dog poop bags.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And for those of you who haven't seen the episode, that's what happens. He makes her fill up the dog bowl outside with water, which is fine, but then forces her to fill it up with, like, Poland spring water instead of just tap water, and makes her fold old grocery bags into poop bags.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. And I, later in the episode, she says that she really wants to reach the 30 days so she can get the letter. So like, you know, her certificate of completion for the internship. But it yeah. also says she's been interning for him forever. So I don't understand how she doesn't have one of those already.
0: That's what I don't get. Like, Maybe I don't know either. if she keeps doing the 30 days and then he doesn't give her the letter. Like it, it's it's very confusing.
1: It is. And their relationship gets even more confusing later.
0: Um. But side note to this, um, I can't remember if I told you this or not. I think I did. Um, but I also had someone, a friend of mine, reach out to me who um, was a bit of a gallery girl. She's a, um, a little bit of a um, Julia of all trades. Um, and she, I'm going to see, she said she'd be willing to come and guest on the pod. Um, not, we'll do a supplemental episode where she can give us the ins and outs.
1: Oh, of, like
0: what it's like to be an actual like gallery girl and like how these things work and what really goes on behind the scenes. She said she had a lot of salacious info. So Ooh. hopefully we'll have that coming for you guys in the next like month or so.
1: Yeah, that would be fun. Um, so then we get to our next scene and this is another example of men trying to flirt with a woman by treating them like crap or doing juvenile stuff. Oh,
0: I have so much motherfucking stuff to say about this. When, you, when they go to Huckleberry Bar? Yes. yes. Yeah, so they go to Huckleberry Bar in Williamsburg, which I looked up. My thing this episode was I looked up everywhere they went to see if they were still open. So Huckleberry Bar is still open, but it's currently closed because of COVID, but it is still in existence.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know about you, but this scene made me so angry. Yes. For just women. Yeah. Like, women in general. Like, it yeah. was horrible. Why don't you tell what happened and then I'll chime in.
1: Okay. So the end of century ladies and Angela are meeting up for a drink. Um, and the scene opens with a piece of gold. It just gets buried by what happens later when someone asks Chantal how work is going. And she says, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> However, I,
0: I will say that before the egregious stuff happens, this little like 30 second vignette of them like quote unquote talking about work yes. to me was so like young people play acting at being adults. Like it was hysterical to me because yes. they've said like two or three things about work. And then they were like, Oh, Angela, we're so sorry. We invited you for a girl's night and all we can talk about is work. And I'm like, yeah. you guys are terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah. They said they've re the store. Oh my God. Our work talk is so overwhelming. It's like, no, you said two things. It's fine. Yeah. And re
0: like, what? Like, moved the hangers from one side of the store to the other? Like, you have ten things. Like, how hard is it to re-merchandise?
1: Right. So then Angela says that she's on the prowl for a dude. Like, we're supposed to be surprised about that. That's that's her speed. That's pretty much all she does, is take pictures and prowl for dudes. And I have a lot
0: to say about that later.
1: Me too. So then a group of ugly dudes, like, no question about it, they come over to their table where they are having drinks and there's some food on the table and a guy finger bangs their mac and cheese and then sits at their table.
0: And it's just, I mean, these guys, obviously they were drunk, not an excuse. Um, To me, also didn't look very Williamsburg-y Brooklyn. They, I don't, I don't know. They seemed kind of bridge and tunnel, like the way they were dressed. It just, i not the kind of people that you would expect to see, I thought. and they are gross horrible boys who are full on i guess trying to neg to get the girls into them like it was definitely like they sure sure read that stupid peacocking book that mystery wrote about like how to pick up girls and a dumb hat um it was it was awful like awful like stick their fingers in their food wouldn't go, they were clear? clearly the women were not interested they would not leave them alone nope uh, I don't usually agree with things like that, but when Angela said, like, I feel like I'm being raped, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching you be raped. Like, this is gross.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Chantal says, I get offended when unattractive men hit on me. And it's not so much they're unattractive, it's when any man hits on you and you're not reciprocating, take it as a sign to bounce. That and
0: might- this is, I, 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 I'm I, in this scene both loved and hated Chantal. So, like, yes. I hated that she said that because it implies that egregious behavior by an attractive person is okay which it's not like this behavior is not okay if by anyone's standards
1: and i don't think that's what she meant and she shouldn't have said it that way but it's just it's offensive when any man just goes full court press and interrupts a group of women like that when clearly it was not reciprocated it's just not right it's not cool
0: yes and it is most if you really want to see someone take care of this please watch the ray dawn episode of designing women where Julia tells Ray where to go when he interrupts their sushi lunch. Um, because it says everything I want to say about this. And there's also a Designing Women for every occasion, by the way. Um, but, like, the other thing I did, it did make me laugh when Chantal says to the horrible guy, like, I think that you have some of our food in your bouffant. Yeah. <laughs> she she won me over a little bit like that with that. I was laughing. And then I was, they come back to it later, but it was also kind of jarring that Chantal suddenly got her haircut really short. <laughs> there was no mention made of it until and way later in the
1: episode. I know, so dumb. I'm um, like an
0: interstitial. But like these guys, like I wanted to climb through the TV and punch them in the face. They were horrible.
1: So then Lara actually says, you don't come over here and get to talk to a group of beautiful women. Ask me to move over and, you know, like shove your way in. And he looks at Angela and says, well, it's Asian month.
0: Ah, that? I'm like, the fuck?
1: Yeah. The fuck? And Laura looks at him and says, wow, that's even worse. Yeah. And then she excuses herself because she can't take it anymore. So I would probably be with Laura. I would have been like, same. Um, But then they eventually, the dudes get up to leave or the women like tell them to leave. And the guy just full on takes a scoop of their macaroni and cheese with his hand, shoves it in his face and Angela stands up and (laughs) scoops some into her hand and throws it at his back.
0: Yes, she does. Now, do we think that, like, I'm torn two ways. One is, do we think that part of this behavior, because there were cameras there and these guys wanted to be on camera? Or the other thing is, like, are you so horrible that you're going to do this behavior knowing it's being filmed and other people are going to see it? Like, it's one thing to be a fucking straight-up dick-faced monster guy, But another to be like, I'm going to do this on camera so the whole world can see. Like, these guys are awful. And the fact that his two fucking friends just sat there and did not intervene and did not do anything. And where was the manager of this bar? Like, why didn't, like, an employee of the bar step in and throw these dudes fucking out and, you know, put a new macaroni and cheese on those guys tab for them? I mean, the whole thing was, like, bullshit.
1: I know. I don't know. I think it's all of the above. I think they saw the cameras. I think they were drunk. And I also think that young men are just that awful. Yeah. Or some.
0: Yeah, I agree. I a hundred percent agree.
1: Yeah. So then all of the ladies, uh, you know, Upper East Side, Downtown, Brooklyn, they're all getting ready for the Phillips auction. Um, and they make it seem like this is something they go to all the time, like expensive art auctions and I mean, maybe they do. Maybe they're open to the public and they're just interesting to watch, but I don't I don't know what interns are doing there without their bosses, but...
0: Well, I also didn't understand why the EOC girls were there. Like, you don't carry this caliber of art in your gallery, so... And you have no money. You're not buying pieces, so... Right. I don't get it. What The one thing that I... Did, and hopefully our mystery guest will be able to shed some light on that for us. Um, the other thing that I don't that I thought was kind of weird is that when Amy's getting ready, she says, there's always cute boys there. Really? Like there's young, cute guys at art auctions. Like that doesn't track to me.
1: No, me. I would think
0: it would be older people, (laughs) like not young, cute guys.
1: I would think it. Yeah. Yeah. And she
0: specifically says boys like cute boys. She doesn't say like hot men, cute boys.
1: She's as boy crazy as Angela, just in a more Upper East Side way. Totally, yeah. She's not, she's not screaming about her pussy all the time, but she's talking about boys a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're at the auction, and so sh- Amy and Carrie are with Sharon, you know, their internship boss. Sharon Horowitz. Up. And she, Sharon Horowitz is the person you see at an art auction. She's hundred percent, yeah. She's an art consultant. She is spending money on behalf of other people on pieces of art. She is there actively bidding, as we see. Maggie comes in with a friend of hers, Eric, a friend of of her boyfriend's. And what I found interesting is they don't explain what Eric's connection to the auction is. Like, is he a gallery intern too? Why is he there?
0: I have never been more confused in my life. So like he shows up at her apartment, says it's friend of Eric. He goes with her to the auction. He's obviously never been in an auction before ever because he doesn't understand why they bang the gavel. So uh, was it just to be on TV? Like, that's what made sense to me. Be like, hey, if you want to be on the TV show, like, come with me to this auction.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And I actually, I laughed when Maggie, when the EOC girls arrive and Maggie says they made it out of their caves.
0: Yeah. And that they all live in warehouses, literally.
1: It's, her her opinion of Brooklyn is both ridiculous and very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then the friendship with Eric or the attendance of Eric gets even more confusing to me when he suddenly taps Claudia on the shoulder and says, Uh, I think your shirt's backwards or something.
0: Yeah, your shirt is on backwards. It was a very weird flat like I was he being a dick? Did he really think her shirt was like it's the whole thing is weird?
1: It's very strange. And then they call him a douchebag or they whisper loudly he's a douchebag. They wonder if he's wearing a muscle tee. And Sharon has a soft spot for Carrie, and Amy is mad about it. Yeah. But yet again, this is where Carrie shines. She is really good at interacting with Sharon and being polite and inquisitive. And, you know, she is very curious and enthusiastic, which is interesting because Amy is... (laughs) I feel like Amy's running on 11 all the time, but she can't hold a candle to Carrie interacting with Sharon.
0: 100%.
1: Not that we've seen.
0: Um, and we also, um, the, and Sharon does buy a painting for her client. She buys a Damon Hearst, um, Damien Hurst, and yep. it was $16,000. Um, and this is also, I was laughing really hard when um, Maggie was fake complimenting Chantal's haircut. Yes. And Claudia says, she looks like a French boy, but like in a good way. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like. So we,
1: <laughs> we get this whole thing about Chantal's hair, and then we see her get a haircut like 15 minutes from now.
0: Yeah, it's so stupid and dumb. Um, one of the big takeaways I got from this, though, was when they were all chatting, Amy's only worked for Sharon for three weeks.
1: Yeah, I know. And she says she's learned so much.
0: I thought she'd been there for, like, six months and was like, oh, there's a new intern. Like, you've only been there three weeks longer.
1: Yeah, that's nothing. No. And she says she's been interning for two years.
0: At multiple places, though. Yeah. She's had multiple internships. right. Um, I mean, one thing is I really am, we'll see if this stands up, but I like Amy, and I really am kind of annoyed with everyone's narrative that, like, they're too cool for school, and her whole major character flaw is that she's too nice and friendly. Like, that shouldn't be a character flaw.
1: So I think that will continue. That is, she is nice and friendly, and she is, you know, she's one of those people. Like, she is a bit of an ass kisser, but it's all well-intentioned. She just wants to be friends with people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have some old guilty feelings because I definitely worked with someone early in my career who was very much like that. Just like wanted to be friends and constantly complimented me. She was very nice. We were just two polar opposites. And I, I would hope that I was never overtly rude to her. But who knows at that age if I was or wasn't because I, she exhausted me. You know, like you would have a bad... Oh. You would walk in with a coffee and she'd be like all up in my face, offering to do things for me, asking me about stuff. And I'd be like, it's Monday. Like, please go away.
0: Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I definitely have found people like that to be annoying in real life. But at the same time, when she says like, I'm dying to come see your gallery. Like the answer should be like, Oh, thank you. Like this is where it's located here. The hours were there. Like, I mean, first of all, you're trying to fucking sell stuff. And this is a person with money. So and who has friends with money. I I don't for them to roll their eyes and be like, oh, we're too cool for you. I'm like, fuck you. No wonder your gallery's tanking.
1: As we know though, end of century does that with everyone too. Like they have they have a a rudeness problem. We saw it at their own opening. I know. They couldn't even read people. So I I'm with you. I feel for Amy. I think the end of century girls push it to a new level a little bit, and I think that gets worse, and we'll see.
0: um Um, now are we going to talk about the amy eric connection
1: yes go for it
0: so i I, i'm almost wondering if maybe this is why eric was invited to the. now that i think about it to the um auction maybe the producers like got wind of it uh but the night before the auction um amy was at a comedy club met eric and apparently like aggressively hit on him um, to no avail she wanted to hook up with him um and then he she says that he texted her from the auction and said like hey i think you're sitting behind me i think we were at the same thing which if you truly are grossed out by a girl and don't want to hook up with her like maggie is trying to the narrative maggie's trying to put forth you don't text her the next like he would have just ignored her right like he would not have sent her a text and been like hey i think i was just you were sitting behind me
1: It is weird that he texted her and we didn't see them talking, but maybe they did both.
0: Well, I think he texted her when he left. Like after he left, she made it seem like he walked out and was like, hey, by the way, I think you were sitting behind me. But that's your, if you do that, you're leaving the door open. Like he's leaving the door open. Like that's not like, I think he was into her a little more than Maggie would like to think.
1: Yes. And as we saw in episode one, Maggie has that with Amy because of Eli also.
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Yep, and uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot, I forgot about
0: Amy and Eli.
1: So uh, you know, I've got more to say about that later. But then um, the girls, all after the auction, decide to go get a drink, and they go to Opia,
0: uh, which closed in twenty seventeen.
1: Oh, good job! It's in um, Midtown. Amy's ready. It was. Yeah, Amy's ready to party, and as she always is, and she gets a lychee martini. And Angela talks about how that was popular, what, five years ago?
0: If it ever was. Okay, first of all, fuck you, Angela. And fuck anyone who drinks shames fucking anyone. As someone who spent a good two years drinking vanilla cupcake vodka, I will say, fuck you. Who gives a shit? If I like it, that's all that matters. I'm not making you drink it. And you can just screw the fuck off, Angela. People like that drive me crazy, because I bet you Angela drinks a lot of things that she doesn't even like just because she thinks she's supposed to be drinking them.
1: Well, and didn't she just order wine?
0: Um, I don't know. I was too caught up in Chantal's stupid, like,
1: Okay. So, no wines
0: from Oregon diatribe.
1: <laughs> so Chantal orders a Pinot Noir, but mm-hmm. she double checks with the server that the Pinot Noir is from France because she doesn't want the one that they have from Oregon. And she quote, doesn't like wines from Oregon. Yeah, And fine, more power to her. Go old world if you must. But to me, that was some horse shit to look more chic. Like there are some wonderful wines that come out of Oregon. I'm married to a wine guy. Don't come at me about it. It's just... I'm not saying, like, sure, there are more good wines that come out of France than the state of Oregon. Sure, there's a big difference there. But, like, it was just such a bullshit thing to try and look cool, the same way that Angela was trying to look cool. It was- A hundred
0: percent. And Chantal is full of shit. And I guarantee you, if you blind put taste-tested two Pinot Noirs, one from Oregon and one from France, for her, I'm not talking other people who have great palates, but for her, I bet she could not tell the difference and she wouldn't be able to tell you which one was from Oregon and which one was from France.
1: No. No. It, Yeah. That's just a very early 20 something thing. But then I left because Carrie, in her confessional, calls Chantal a dark gothic Mary Kate Nashley. <laughs> Which I
0: loved. I was dying. Like, I thought that was a hysterical, perfect description.
1: I love it too, except that I find it mildly insulting to Mary Kate Nashley, but it's fine because I love them. <laughs> um, so the girls actually are getting along pretty well. They're all talking about the art world and who they work for. And they do a toast to friends, but then Angela, of course, in her confessional says she didn't really mean it. They're not friends. She is a little C-U-N-T, man. She, she's, I, sh- I need more good sides of Angela quickly because these first two episodes have been tough.
0: Yeah. Well, I, have, I mean, trust me, I have a lot to say about her later.
1: I think she rebounds later, but these ones, she is actually, I didn't remember her as annoying me this badly and she she really does.
0: Yeah, I find her pretty annoying.
1: Yeah, and they also talk about high school for some reason and how much they hate gym class and Amy still can't figure out how Carrie got the job. And fine, good fine, Amy's mad about it, but maybe Carrie got the job because of one of her concierge clients. For all we know, she met Sharon before at another party and Sharon thought she was very personable and Yep. And Carrie earned her way to that internship just by schmoozing with Sharon at Eli Klein's gallery opening, in my opinion.
0: 100%. Yeah,
1: that's how it's done. She went over there, she sold herself, she was interested and said, I would love to learn more from you. And Sharon was flattered, end of story. Yeah. I know, Amy needs to get over it. And then we see Hernando, her boyfriend, pick her up and they're going to a concert. Yes. Then Amy invites her out for... I guess a get together at her favorite bar in the Upper East Side and Carrie makes a crack about how she doesn't, you know, roll with the Upper East Side and Amy is offended.
0: <laughs> Amy is offended, but I also almost wonder, um, do you think part of it may be that Carrie doesn't want to roll on the Upper East Side because she'd be afraid of running into clients?
1: well maybe i also think the upper east side for someone like her who lives in the village and spends most of her time downtown it's just a little sleepier and it's a little more upper crust and it's just not her her flavor oh for
0: sure but i can't imagine i mean i get it and i get new york is different than other cities but like i don't spend a ton of time in say noma but if someone invited me to a bar in noma i'd be like sure like i don't you know i know it's a bar.
1: I mean, I'm with you, but I think, too, it would be like if someone invited you to, like, an old bar in Georgetown. I'd go. Mm, I probably wouldn't, but.
0: (laughs) I would. I mean, it's, I mean, there's drinks. There's people. I mean, you're going to have a good time.
1: Well, they also are the most image-obsessed 20-somethings I've ever seen in my life. So probably to them, it means something where they go drink, which I don't remember ever having that at that age. But now I wouldn't go out of laziness. It's not because I'm... (laughs) Like, a drink is a drink, but it's just laziness to cross town at this point, let's be honest. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So then... Carrie, we get another quick scene of her getting called into her concierge job to go bring... Oh,
0: no, 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 no. You're forgetting the most, the biggest important part of this drinks is that Carrie bounces without leaving any money.
1: Oh, yeah. That is bad. (laughs) That is really bad.
0: Yeah. She just walks right out. Now, did we see her consuming anything?
1: She was drinking a drink and eating from the cheese board.
0: Okay. um, So, and also I was wondering, I was like, she's probably just not used to picking up the check i know (laughs) ever
1: i know i totally forgot about that that is really bad actually yeah
0: it's pretty bad
1: um i forgot because i was so distracted by the upper east side comments and amy saying sue me because i dress well while wearing a hideous hideous top in her confessional
0: i have never in my life sober like unless i was shit house wasted have i just like bounced without like offering some money or being like i need to pay for my drink or how do you want to settle this up like i that's unfathomable to me.
1: I was also surprised that they got, what, there were five of them? Five drinks and a cheese board, and the tab was $106 in New York.
0: Well, this was also eight years ago.
1: It still felt cheap to me, but maybe they were at some, like, happy hour or something.
0: Well, let's see. The cheese board was probably 20 bucks, So that's five drinks at 80 bucks.
1: I mean, that tracks. Okay. All right. I was like, damn, that was a bargain. But all she had to do was like leave $20. Yeah.
0: And I I don't know. It was, I just thought it was funny.
1: Also because her rich boyfriend, as we know, picked her up. Like she didn't say like, oh, Hernando, I don't have any money. Do you have cash? Like, yeah, didn't even think about it.
0: Nope. She just walked right out.
1: Yeah. So like I said, we get a quick scene of her getting called by her concierge boss and she has to bring bagels all the way to Teterboro airport.
0: Murray bagels, yes, and she has to drink bring them straight to a PJ,
1: yep. Um, but I will say, I think the best part of her job so far, based on what I've seen in this show, is the fact that she just called a phone number and a car came to pick her up,
0: yeah. And weird because it wasn't like this is before Uber, right? Like, has Uber been around that long?
1: No, I'm For guessing- eight years. I'm guessing the company keeps like a car service on payroll that their employees can call
0: a hundred percent, but it wasn't a town car. It was weird. It was like a station wagon.
1: Yeah, I know. But still, can you imagine us being like, Hey, it's Frank. I need to be somewhere.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm... And
0: also that she then proceeded to use said car to do her internship.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> so yeah. I guess she's letting job one pay for the transportation for her internship.
1: I mean, if it was on the way, I think that's just clever.
0: I don't think it was on the way, though. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Good no, enough. I mean, more power to her, but, like, I don't think it was on the way, and I have a feeling that she has a car at her disposal whenever, wherever.
1: Yeah. I also like that she called the service and said, I need to be at Teeterboro five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Miranda Priestley, calm down. So then we go back to Eli Klein, and he is sending Maggie to the <laughs> and she is so upset about it, She is mapping directions. She doesn't want to go to Brooklyn. And she says, she has to go pick up something for Eli. And she says, isn't that what messengers are for? And in my notes, I said, or interns. That's exactly what interns do, actually. They hop on the subway and they go pick things up. That's what they do.
0: It is. But to be fair to her, it probably would have gotten there quicker if they had called a messenger.
1: Oh, totally. Especially because I Googled the subway ride that she had to take between the stops we see her get on and off at, and it was best 26 minutes. Yeah. She had to take two different lines, and a bike messenger could have just gone across the Williamsburg Bridge and probably been there in about 15
0: um, I also love that she was acting like it was Beirut in the 90s. Yes. Um, And our friend and friend of the pod, although I don't know if she listens to any more, but our friends in real life, um, Jessica Guilfoyle lives in been <laughs> into her house. Yeah. And it's lovely. <laughs> it's perfectly lovely.
1: Well, and Maggie is in Williamsburg. She's just in like a more industrial part, I guess, but still like even in what year is this 2011
0: it's just it was well yeah i guess it was filmed in 2011 because it aired in 2012
1: yeah no she's just being a total baby
0: yeah she is but i'm here for it it was hysterical i loved her being like uh
1: it was she was stepping on broken glass and she was like and can
0: we also talk about how the fact that she subwayed there and took a cab back
1: yeah well who knows like why Um, didn't she just
0: take a cab there
1: I don't know. And she keeps saying like, I hate Brooklyn. I hope I don't get robbed. I hope I don't die. And then she calls her boyfriend from the back of the cab and she says, Eli sent me to the most ghetto place by myself. I just wanted to tell you about it, but I guess you're at work. And she just feels so sorry for herself. (laughs) And how long do you think she was there? Probably as long as her subway ride.
0: Yeah, not even. I mean, I just ran and got the envelopes and ran back out.
1: Yeah. Oh God. So. We're at end of century next. Claudia and Laura looking at the website and Stefan is coming and he's running late and he's a local Lower East Side gallery owner who is stopping by with, quote, chic French clients who want to buy a painting. Stefan
0: Stoyanov. Stoyanov.
1: Yeah. And then they buy jack shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they buy nothing. He brings three French people. Um, we learned that the artist they're carrying in at EOC is Lauren Luloff. Yes. Um, she originally used to paint on bed sheets, but she yeah. has switched to canvas.
1: Yep. Um, and again,
0: I just remember I really like Claudia. Like, Claudia knows her shit. Like, Claudia knows all about this art. Um, she did a great job. Like, I mean, they didn't buy anything, but, like, really selling it, I thought. And I was impressed with her.
1: Yeah, and she said, hopefully compliments turn into sales soon.
0: Um, and then we need to talk about the other things they looked at, which was the ridiculous $400 hat yeah. that was looked like a broken umbrella. Um, and then the ring that I will here for all be referring to as the dick ring. It looked like a giant penis, like, coming out of their finger. Like a big black penis.
1: Oh, I didn't see the ring. It
0: was, like, two inches high off the finger. And then it had, like, the base, like, had metal wrapped around the stone. I think it was, like, an onyx or something. And then the top kind of like mushroomy bulbous out over the top of the wire. But it looked like a dick. It looked oh. like a dick ring.
1: Maybe it was like a butt plug ring. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was I going to say?
0: And please forgive the noise. Apparently there's a helicopter hovering above my house right now.
1: Oh, I know what I was going to say about the hat. It looked like something that the royal family wears to the royal ascot. Like that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Except that I mean, it was I, black. If it were the royal ascot, it would be, you know, like pale yellow or something.
0: Like, don't get me wrong. Like, if I was, like, hanging out with one of my goth girlfriends and we were going to, like, a really fun goth, like, like a fancy goth party, like, it would be perfect. Like, it was a cool, interesting hat. But no one's gonna buy it. It's $400. That's insane. Like, I, it's, I don't see it flying off the shelves.
1: No. So we are back at Eli Klein and Maggie is now scared to ask for her next task. And she talks about how she has cleaned carpets for Eli before. And apparently Eli is getting another personal assistant. And Maggie admits to Liz that she was Eli's assistant for a very short time. And she a talks- day. Yeah. She talks about some of the things she would do for him, like cleaning his apartment, putting on his socks and shoes, apparently, and picking up his underwear. Which, I, I, I yeah. Who
0: created this monster person? Like, I don't was know. he horribly bullied as a child? Like, is he super short and has a Napoleon complex? Like, what is causing him? to act like this because it's not normal. Like normal people don't act like this. Something caused it and it's weird.
1: And it's too personal of a relationship to have with an assistant who is also an intern, who is also a young woman and you are not like, it's just, it, it's too close for comfort. And I'm sure a lot of, a lot of personal assistants and their boss are, but in this dynamic, it's, it's way too close. It's very uncomfortable.
0: And also I wouldn't want anyone to put on my socks and shoes. I mean, shoes maybe, but not my socks. Like who even wants that? Like weird.
1: I don't know. Or like pick out my outfits or coordinate my looks, but I think I can put my clothes on myself. Like, uh, and Liz says it right. She was like, well, I like Maggie and we're becoming friends, but this relationship with Eli makes me wonder what her deal is. Yeah. I agree. It's, it's all. It's weird. Of so then we see Chantal get her haircut, even though we've seen the haircut all episode long.
0: Yeah, it was this, I I mean, I watched it on the app. So then there were commercials. And so it was like an interstitial, like they went to commercial yeah. This little haircut thing happened, they went back. Um, so if she had her hair cut at Whitmore House, which I looked up. Um, it is still open, but it has moved to another location. And the interesting thing is, it looks like that the woman who owns the salon, like one of the owners, is the one that cuts her hair. But when I looked it up online, there's only there's four people that work there. Two of them are owners. One of them, only one of them is a woman out of the three. And it looked like the same woman, but she's only a colorist. She doesn't cut hair. Huh. So this is weird. So I don't know if she's just like, I'll cut your hair just so we can get my salon on the show. Um, but there are two hair male hairstylists that cut hair there. She and another guy who own it only do color. And I looked it up, and their prices are insane in the membrane. They, they charge more than double what I charge. For a haircut? Like, um, well, the haircut, no, the haircut was about exactly double. Haircuts were um, a little less than double. So their haircuts were 140
1: Okay.
0: I charge $85. Um, their highlights, um, for a partial highlight, it was $435.
1: Holy shit.
0: I charge 160 for that.
1: Yeah. Like, it's insane. Um, a
0: color retouch was $165. Like, just to get your roots colored. Not a highlight, nothing. Just regular old root retouch. I mean, I get it. New York real estate's expensive, whatever. But it's a very high-end salon.
1: One of my friends who has the most expensive salon routine also has some of the worst hair. I'm going to say it. Uh, we, it's something that we discussed. Not someone local, and, you know, I'm just saying. It's a lot. Um,
0: well, the person at my salon who charges the most is hands down the least talented yeah. and does the worst work out of all the people. I And I work with like 15 stylists and, and this person is literally the worst. And yeah. all of us every day are like, why are people paying this person so much money? Cause she is terrible at her job.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's weird. Yep. It is. Um, but what I liked about this scene is that Chantal says she wants to stand out from Laura and Claudia who both have long Brown hair. She wants to look a little different. Not, we also know they're not even working together every day because of their rotating schedules, but whatever. And she grew her hair out because her boyfriend likes long hair. And then she says, but I've never taken Spencer's opinion into account about anything. And then she realizes that sounds bad and says, but don't tell Spencer I said
0: that. She also doesn't take anyone into account ever like not just spencer like anyone on planet earth i know i will say this the haircut i thought was adorable i thought it was really really cute um i love the way the stylist styled it like it was it was adorable on her she has a little trouble styling it herself later on but like the stylist it looked it looked when she left the salon, it was really cute
1: i just thought it was really funny because when it comes to my hair i'm i'm the same my husband does have a lot of opinions but they really like in one ear and out the other it's like sure okay bye I'm
0: of a mixed feeling about that. Like, on the one hand, I feel like... And I mean for me, not for others. But on the one hand, I feel like I... you Like, people need to feel comfortable in the way they look. So they need to wear their hair or clothes or whatever in a way that makes them feel happy. But also, I feel like if I'm dating someone, they're the ones that have to look at me. So if they prefer something... You know, I mean, so to me, it's kind of a mixed bag.
1: Yeah. I mean... Sure. I'll ask him some things, but he did not want me to grow out my bangs, for example. And it's not that I didn't like them. I did. But I got tired of taking care of them and he doesn't have to do that. So his opinion about it doesn't really matter.
0: Uh, we'll just get you clip on ones, and Then you can just put them on when he's home and take them off when he's not.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. And also the pandemic happened anyway, so they would be pretty grown out by now, even if I hadn't started growing them out in December. So. Yes, they would. <laughs> there you go. It's a moot point. And then we go to Rockville Center, Long Island. We go on a field trip. Yes, we do. Carrie goes home to see her dad's side of the family. They're having some chili at her grandmother's. And they're talking about how they all love Regis Philbin and how amazing Carrie's apartment is. And then they go out and watch some football.
0: Um, Well... My takeaway was a little different in that um, Carrie's dad is a snack and I want <laughs> to lick him all over. Um, he is super, super hot. I like that he wants to be on Dancing with the Stars. Um, the reason they were talking about Regis is because it was his last day.
1: I know. It was on his Regis last, and Kelly. His last broadcast.
0: Um, They go to the MacArthur Park Pub, which is still open. And as soon as COVID is over during football season, that's exactly where I'm going. I'm going to hang out in that bar until I find um, Jim Lisa, because I'm going to make him my new boyfriend. Um, But my favorite part about them at the bar was him saying to Carrie, how do you pay for that apartment?
1: Yep. (laughs) So this financial hate to break it to you,
0: Jim, but we know how she pays for that apartment.
1: This conversation was quite interesting given the information you know, we read about. And she says that she's getting by financially and that she's living at her minimum, which I think she means she's just living tight. Like, you know, her rent is so expensive. But then she admits that she is also spending a lot of money for, quote, going to events with the head of her internship, meaning Sharon, which may be true, but I think she means other events as well.
0: Well, yeah, because, I mean, she's going to have to have, like, very fancy clothes. And we saw that, like, when she pulled out that black dress, like,
1: you know, she's having to buy, like,
0: very expensive cocktail attire.
1: Yep. Um, And she... What I appreciated about her, though, he said, you know, you could always move home. And she said, that's never going to happen. Like, she just set that rule for herself. It's never going to yeah. happen. And I, I respect that. I felt that way after college. I knew that if I went home, I felt like I would never be able to get out of it. And I, that was just a rule I set. I never wanted to go home.
0: Well, and also, too, I can't imagine having to go from having your own apartment in the, is she East Village or West Village? West Village.
1: West Village. Um,
0: and then having to move back to, like, Long Island. Like, that would super suck.
1: Yeah. So at end of century, the ladies are continuing their budget talk. And they said it got a little crazy last time. So they are making sales, which is great. um, But they said they're doing probably half of what they should be doing. And then we find out they're doing more like a third of what they should be. Uh, Yeah, like a third. They opened the bill from the electric company, I believe. And it is $83 and they look gobsmacked.
0: Which I was like, wow, that's so cheap.
1: Me too. Especially for retail. And divide it three ways, ladies. That's like, yeah. there goes your, just give up your French press for a couple days and you're good.
0: I This scene made me so aggravated because Lara and Chantal are horrible, horrible monster people. And the fact that they're putting all of this on Claudia and then had the gall to say... I Like when Chantal says, um, we gave her that position, talking about how yep. she... Fuck you, Chantal. She gave you the money to open the goddamn store in the first place. What do you mean you gave her that position? And act like it's her fault, because she hasn't sold a painting, that they're failing.
1: Yep. That's pretty much exactly what happens. And
0: she's the only one doing any work. She's the only one doing any work. Like, I was so angry for her. Like, so angry for her. And I feel like Lara is just Chantal's little henchwoman. Like, she just follows around in Chantal's shadow the whole time.
1: Well, it also, from what we know in the first episode, that they had been working together for the year before and kind of doing another space together. They treat Claudia like they've got it all figured out.
0: Oh, 100%. But I think that Chantal does most of it, and Lara just kind of stands behind her like a hype woman, and is like, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so we find out that they've done over $2,500 in sales. We're not, we don't know how many weeks they've been open. At the they
0: said of- in a month. They said this month.
1: Oh, they did. Okay.
0: Yeah. That was a month worth it. Cause she said we need to be making $7,400 a month. And she said this month we've only made 2,400 or whatever it was.
1: Right. I didn't know if that meant like so far this month, meaning two weeks or whatever. I mean, maybe they have a
0: couple of days left, but it didn't sound like yeah. much time left.
1: Yeah. So they're basically doing a third of what they need to. Yeah. So, and they say that they're going to, Chantal's going to stay open late one day this week. Cause sure. Straying from your hours. That's a perfect way to become a reliable store. And they said, hopefully we'll get some good foot traffic. Okay.
0: And also if their price point of their stuff is in the $400 range, that means they're selling one thing a week.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ish.
0: Maybe one and a half things a week. Like that's not great guys. Not great at all.
1: No. So then we go to Lilium in Union Square,
0: um, which was in the W Hotel, but is closed permanently.
1: Okay. And Angela's with her gaze, her phrase, not mine. And Angela is so thirsty for men. It is exhausting. It's exhausting. She says that she doesn't understand why she's not hit on all the time. She's such a catch. And she admittedly is dressed like a bird. She's wearing this, like, it's a frock. There's no other word for it. It is a frock. It looks like she has wings. And she asks her friends, is this going to get me laid? And they say, no, you look like a pinata.
0: I thought she looked like, what's that Disney Pixar guy? The Deep Hero 6 or whatever? That big white Stay puff looking man?
1: Yeah, it's like a white Big Bird outfit. Yeah. Except I noticed later it has colored layers underneath it sticking out. I think that's where they got the pinata thing.
0: I mean, it was, don't get me wrong. Like I thought it was interesting and cute. If you're going out with your girlfriends or to like a CNBC and fashiony event, right. but if you're going out to find like regular dudes with a good job to bang you, not the best outfit. Um, and I also thought it was very interesting. Like, well, first of all, I get that nine years ago was a different time, but like the whole my gays thing. I mean, obviously her friends were into it, but you just know that she's one of those girls who's like, I'm a gay man trapped in a woman's body. Like, I just, uh," like, just makes me want to strangle her.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't like qualifying things like that. It's like if I said, my gay bestie, Frank. It's like, no, my good friend, Frank.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, what she says-
1: you're homosexual. What,
0: what okay. I was going to get to later, and which, but I'll just do it now. What she says at the end of this that really made me just like rage was homosexuals are a very important part of a woman's self-esteem. Well, you know what, bitch? I was not put on this fucking earth to make you feel better about yourself, so fuck you.
1: Also, that is a crock of shit. <laughs> that is a crock of shit. You want to know what's good for a woman's self-esteem? Herself. Herself. Yeah. Herself. It was,
0: it was so, it was really, I mean, it really rubbed me the wrong way. It pissed me off big time. Um, And then I also, but I did think it was interesting that as much as she like rails against being from the OC and the OC sucks and she made fun of Liz, she's basically going back to her roots because she wants a clean guy with a job.
1: I know. She's like, I
0: hate guys in Brooklyn. They're dirty. They don't shower. They don't want to. Well, you know what? That's like your, that's the world you put yourself in. So now that you want like a day trader who showers all the time. Like, that's OC, baby. Like, welcome back to your roots.
1: Yeah. And nothing
0: like, wrong with it, but, like, quit acting like you're so cool for school and above everything, because you're not.
1: Well, and she also, she has a checklist, basically, and her friend calls her out on it, and it's really obnoxious. She's like, I want someone reliable, possibly with an accent, almost boring, you know, blah, 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 creatively, you know, inspired, and, like, all the, just, like, horseshit. Horseshit yeah. is just, like, coming out of her mouth but i do appreciate when her friend and neighbor alex who we see in later episodes she says that he rips her to shreds and he does
0: he does i'm here for it like i was here for that
1: i was here for it too because she was really bothering me and he says like if you want to know why you're single it's because you're too picky you're needy you're a man eater and you use guys for looks or money (laughs) yeah and then and you
0: treat your friends like accessories which is not cool
1: Right. And he says, when was the last time you even had an orgasm from a man anyway? Because she's out for sex all the time. And then she says, never. And I'm like, honey, you're not... A- so you're a man-eater and you're not even good at it?
0: Because she's not out for sex. And see, that what she's out for is attention. attention.
1: I know. It's so bad. Like, the
0: sex isn't... Like, she's having the sex to get the attention. Like, that's not... It's it's a means to an end.
1: Well, I also, I died inside when she says, well, it's not all about orgasms. And I am team Alex because he said 98% of it is.
0: Yeah, because you've (laughs) never had one, bitch. Like that is, that would be like if someone said to me, it's not all about chocolate cake. If you've never had chocolate cake, you don't know how fucking good chocolate cake is. Like, come on, lady.
1: 98% of life is all about it.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: Oh, and she also, she talks about her pussy a lot and I'm tired of it. And I don't like, I I mean, fine, talk about it, normalize it. You talk about your vagina all you want, but it's just, she does it. Everything she does is just attention seeking in a way that I find very, very tiring.
0: Yeah. I mean like all of the things she does, like there's nothing wrong with being sexual. There's nothing wrong with talking about your body, but if you're doing it for attention versus doing it to have a conversation, it's fucking annoying.
1: Yeah, and she's also the only one there with a vagina. So could you stop talking about it, maybe?
0: I also thought it was absolutely hysterical that they were so gobsmacked that like somebody sent us shots. And the, you know why? Because you've got a camera crew with you. Like if I was at a bar and someone showed up with a camera crew, well, fuck yeah, I would send them shots because I want to get on TV. Yeah, like did that never occur to her?
1: Well, it's happened to her twice in this one episode where the cameras attract attention at bars. So she should be hip to it by now. So then in our final, it's probably like one scene, even though we're getting two perspectives, Uh, Maggie and Liz are at work with Eli. This is where we learn that Maggie wants to finish and quote, get her letter from Eva Eli so she can move on, which is very interesting. And she doesn't she admits she doesn't want Eli to screw her over. So basically, she doesn't want Eli to suddenly take back this letter of completion. She needs that in order to get another internship or a job. Um, and Liz speculates that there is more to the story. I am I full agreement with Liz on that. Yeah, me too. Story. And then Eli invites them for a drink across the street at the end of the day. And Liz says she can't, she's getting her hair done. And then in her confessional, she sings a little song about how Eli's trying to hit that. Yeah. And we quickly learned that Liz did not have a hair appointment. She just wanted to avoid the uncomfortable vibes between Eli and Maggie. And Liz wins the episode. (laughs)
0: 100% she wins the episode. And I'll have to send you, I took a picture of it when I was watching last night. Um, I had to pause it because I, um, my food had arrived and I didn't want to miss anything. And I paused it right where she's like sticking her tongue out. It's like, it's hysterical. Like just where it got paused. I took a picture. I'll send it to you.
1: Um, so then we're at this restaurant and it's,
0: oh, we're at e Tre Merli, which yeah. means I know from my Italian lessons, hey. the three Merlots.
1: Ooh, so they do have a wood-burning pizza oven, I noticed. Quite exciting. Mm-hmm. So they're And it is space. still
0: open. It's in Soho and it still exists.
1: All right. Um, and Liz called it in the air. It is uncomfortable. They're having a drink together. And Maggie is asking Eli if he likes his new apartment. And he's like, you tell me. You've seen both of them. And it's a little creepy. Not a fan of it. Uh, And then he's trying to force food on her, like, hey, let's get a menu. I'm going to send you home with the pizza. And she starts talking about how her boyfriend won't like that pizza. It's too sophisticated. He's down home. And then he starts asking her, like, where she met the boyfriend. And, you know, Ryan doesn't have a refined palate. He, he, he. And it's just,
0: It's very ick. And it was also very ick the way he was, like, forcing alcohol in her. Yes. Because she was like, oh, I'm just going to have this one Cosmo. and like, No, have another, have another, have another. Oh, get her another, get her another. And I'm like, why are you trying to get her drunk? Like, there's like there's something nefarious going on here.
1: Yes. And then she agrees that she'll have half of a Cosmo. And then the bartender brings her a full one anyway. Because Eli probably told him to.
0: Well, and also, I've never been... Like, I'm sure, sure as a bartender, you'd be like, I can't charge you for half a Cosmo, so I'm just going to make you the whole thing and just drink half of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then she says something like, are you trying to get me drunk? Or like, I I don't know. And he says, your boyfriend will thank me.
0: He's gross. He's real gross. super gross. And this is where Liz won it for me. And I am going to use this word because Liz did, although it's not politically correct anymore. She says that they're going to get together and have midget babies with slick-backed hair. (laughs) Which (laughs) I think is very true.
1: Yeah. Well, and it, I feel like the theory that I have at this point and maybe it will change as you know I rewatch more episodes I feel like maybe they went out they had Maggie had one too many cosmos perhaps they made out or something happened that made her feel uncomfortable and she took a break from the internship because she got freaked out
0: that's very possible. I think that's a very good theory. I like that theory.
1: And she she wants to keep her internship for the sake of, you know, her career and long-term. But now Eli is being an asshole and he kind of is one naturally and is punishing her. But she's having to be nice even though she really doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah. It's, it was, it's really rough. Like, I was very creeped out. Between the scene with Angela and her friends and then this, it was just like a lot of bleh. And next episode, drunk Amy is back with a vengeance.
0: I'm excited for it.
1: Um, End of Century gets a new artist in residence. Maggie is forced to count pebbles. And Liz visits with her dad.
0: Oh, I'm very excited for all of
1: it. Yep. It's going to be a good one. So stay tuned.
0: Um, so that's it, you guys. Um, thank you for going on this journey with us, and we will see you very soon for episode three. Hang in there.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of One Hit Wonderful. You can find us online on
0: Twitter and Instagram at one hit Pod. You can email us at franklymarebee at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nana's Mink.
1: And you can find me on Twitter at hey it's Mare B.
0: Please remember to rate and subscribe and have a great week, guys. We'll talk to you soon.